Welcome to episode 320 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, guys, welcome along to episode 320 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I am very good, Bevan. How about you? Oh, you sound a bit, a bit husky yeah, there, mate. Ladies. Radio voice on today. Yeah, you know, what got the hop 40 happening today, team? <laughs> uh, what have you been doing? I've been going to have Rainy Hamner. I heard that. Three Com- days? Coming back three to days s- of rain? Sunny Christchurch. Was it sunny in Christchurch when you're in Hamner? Was yes. this last weekend? Yes. Oh, we had an amazing weekend. Yes, yes. I'm aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> How could it be bad in some? No, Hamner, it's only like half an hour up the road. That's just the way that New Zealand rolls, Bevan. The, the winter's following you, isn't it? Mm. I'm Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com. Got another coffee fact for you guys. Great. Yep. Just get, and, and I just literally got that email about the coffee fact just before the show. Excellent. So whoever sent it, you're going to be getting some love. Excellent. Athlinks.com. Uh, social networking for endurance athletes and extreme endurance. Just get to the extreme, John. Get to the extreme. Like, that should be the new logo. They should sponsor that race that was on at the weekend. Uh, that X Man or Cross Man, the the off road triathlon. You know, X rolling with the X. There's a race in the, the, there's a branded kind of race series called um, Tough Mudder. Have you heard of those? No. And there's one in Australia which is a half marathon. But you do things like you've got to run through electric shock wires. Nice. You know, it's kind of kind of one of those kind of crazy events. But I have to admit, I'm thinking I might do one early next year. You'll do some live reporting on the and during the race. Yep, I'll get electrocuted. <laughs> anyway, go to the extreme. Just, Guys at Endurance, you can use that. I only want 10% of your profit. I'll tase you halfway through. Yep. We'll get, get an interview while you're getting tasered. <laughs> John's tasering me. <laughs> and this week's show, we've got uh, some news. We've got a high five. We haven't done a high five in a while. And, and I didn't even come up with it myself. Nice. And uh, we've got an interview with a bit of a legend. Joe Friel. Yeah, and it's a good interview, isn't it? Yep, talking about decoupling and efficiency factor and a little bit of variability index thrown in for good measure as well. Just as that's how we roll, and we've got a few questions and answers at the end. News is proudly brought to you by SLS Try. And uh, the big piece of news from last weekend was that we had Ironman Switzerland on, and it was another terrible day for weather. Now, John, it is a was, shocker. Uh, it's probably been the worst year for Ironman racing for weather. And it's almost it's almost been a couple of years now we've started to have more and more shockers. Um, New Zealand, I, then we had Coeur Lane. Was it? Was it? Where was it? No, St George. St- George was bad. Um, South Africa was windy as hell. It just keeps on rolling. Mm. Um, Wanaka was windy as well. Yep. Uh, so an athlete I was coaching um, sent through a clip uh, somebody had filmed during the race. I think it was after the swim, and it looked like a full-on winter storm. Really, <clears throat> it was not much fun happening. Oh, John's look, John, he's gone. He's gone. He's coming he's back. Coming back. No, it was. Uh, it looked windy. Um, it looked very choppy on the lake. Obviously, they were out of the swim at that stage. And I also saw a couple of pictures of uh, Ronnie Shieldnick and and one or two of others racing. And uh, you saw the people on the side of the road. The full winter, you know, brolly up, um, full-on jacket on. It looked really? miserable. And apparently, there's a number of storms sort of came through during the day. It looked like in the finishing shoot when the winners came through that it had cleared up a bit, but looked pretty miserable. That yeah. is horrible because, you know, an Ironman is not a two-hour race. You know, like doing an Olympic race, you know, it's going to be a tough day at the office, but if you're out there in an Ironman... <laughs> yes, and um, but on the, on the racing side of things, we did actually have um, some really good racing, especially in the girls' race. Mm. Uh, we had uh, Erica... Two more. Yeah. 
You know? <laughs> no, because I can't because you've done a PDF with okay. a picture. Yeah. Erica Chomor um, came out. She she had a, her traditionally slightly weak swim of a 102. Came Wait a second, John. Wait a second, John. Somer, not Somer. We've got to get rid of the C, haven't we? Somer. Somer. I've got to remember. No C. Erica Somer. What did she tell us it was? Because I mean, we haven't. We've had no, her No, we haven't. Yeah, but we're in a route. No. No, we haven't. Oh, I've, I've interviewed her. Okay. I know her well. I'll like, sure stop and talk to her on the street. Good for you. Yep, she's a really lovely girl too. Good. Yep. I don't, I don't Erica Somer. Erica Somer. Um, she rode 5.03 and, uh, and then ran 3.11 to take the win in 9.20. But what it was interesting, there was a bit of a race within a race. I think the first five girls off the bike were all within um, five minutes of each other. So really? that would have been pretty Someone cool. Someone blow? Uh, nobody blew badly. Sabella so Bayliss was in second place. Um, she rode with uh, Erica Somore, um for, for quite a bit of the ride once she caught up. And normally, you know, Bella's a pretty, uh, pretty legendary runner, um, but only managed a, a 3.16. So she sort of fell for about five minutes off the pace. Um, and Simone Brandy, she was up there as well with those girls uh, early in the run, but she only ran a 3.23. I know Nikki Butterfield was um, amongst there. She was the Abu Dhabi winner, Abu Dhabi winner earlier in the year. But she, I think that's almost the second Ironman she's tried in, in two weeks, or she's, she tried one a few weeks ago go and either blew up or DNF'd and um, sounds like she faded well down through the field on the run and only finished in 12th place I think so top three were Erica um, Bella Bayliss and Simone Brandy in third and there was only 10 minutes covering the first three do girls. You, do you have the top age grouper? You haven't done this this week? I have there we go, the first age grouper was Monique Grossrider uh, okay. from Switzerland, she was fifth wow. female overall very Great. nice I and think, or I might, maybe she wasn't first stage grouper, but she got fifth anyway. Well, maybe who, do you think what well, someone in front of her was an age grouper? No, but maybe she was. Maybe she was twenty fifth in her division, uh. and pretty, her division may have been the pro division. So I'll take that one back. I don't think she was. We might need to do our peas a bit better next time for first wow, female. Someone, that's someone's job. Mm. Not mine. No, but on the guys' side of things, I can tell you the first. Um, male on the guy's side of things was Rito Stutz. Nice. And he was in 10th. He was 10th male across the line. 9.52. 9 hours, 52 seconds. Oh, you top 10, you'd be happy. Fapping your undies, you didn't get under that 9. Faded a bit on the run with only a 3.22. Yeah. So, uh... 4.37 bike? He's the second fastest bike of the day. Very solid. Wow. Paid for that. Yeah, paid for that by about 52 seconds on the run. Efficiency factor. We're wondering if there's a bit of decoupling yeah. going yeah, on there. Some decoupling happening there. Yeah, but somebody who has been coupled very closely to this race um, for this—is it sixth or seventh year? Uh, Ronnie Shieldnick, um just is doing a Cameron Brown job over there, and he. There's no reason why he might not catch up. Cameron Brown's what got ten? Is he? Ten. Yep. Ten yeah, he's only three away. Um, yeah, there's a possibility if he keeps doing the race, he might uh, get to that. Well, you think so? Mm. Well, who knows? But it's it's. He won by 18 minutes. He just crushes it every year. Yeah. Very impressive victory. Um, but weak, weak, poor swim relative to how the other pros are doing. He only swam 55 minutes. He lost six minutes to Jan van Berkel, who was first out, and, uh, and five minutes to Matthias Hecht. So he, he came through and just crushed everybody on the bike, though, um, with a 4.27, and then uh, and he only needed to run it. He ran a 2.51. Who knows how quick he probably could have run, um, and he did an 8.17.13 to win by around about 15 minutes from um, Jan van Berkel. But that was his.
his debut, so pretty solid. 8.32 in crappy conditions on debut. Do you know Jan? No. Oh, no. How do you know his debut? Um, I read it somewhere. Oh, good yeah. work. And Matthias Hecht had a steady race in third place in 8.52. So awesome race by Ronnie Shilnick. Um I kind of think, though, he's not going to be a factor really when it comes around to Kona and things like that. If you can't put in a decent swim, it's going to take so much energy to ride up to the group that I wouldn't be picking. You know, maybe a top 10, but um, he's just going to probably be out of contention in that the swim. That must suck, eh? Mm. If you're that level, if, you can, ride, babe, um, <laughs> if you can ride at that level... Mm. And, and you know he's obviously a pretty decent runner as well, but you can't swim. So it would be undies. Not that you can't swim, but at fifty-five, gee, actually I'm better than that. Exactly yeah. better. Maybe you should go yeah, give him maybe, some swim come, come back. Yep, come see Bev. Uh, Ronnie, yeah. if you're listening, yeah, Bev can fly, fly him over. Catch the water. Don't go across the line. Yeah, balance body one straight line. There you go. Swing the arms over the top. There you go. These are my tips. Okay, uh, I'm in Lake Place. It's happening this weekend, and we've got some pro list, John. We have got a pro list, and I. Don't, yeah, that's that's remember. I remember this now. I got this off trylounge.com, yep. I think yep. it was, because um, Lake Placid just had one of those stupid big long lists that you can't find the pros in there. Um, it should be quite an interesting race, actually, because you've got three different dynamics going on. You've got Andy Potts, who's obviously going to blast the swim and uh, and has got a good all-round um, bike run, especially when it's not quite so hot. You know, I think one of the reasons probably why he struggles in Kona is he's a Big unit, man. Remember he's a inter- big unit, man. He's not just a tall dude. He's like built like a brick shit house, isn't he? He is so. I wouldn't mess with him. No, you wouldn't. Even you and I tagged him and we probably couldn't take him out. Uh, I think we maybe Oh, could. you could? I could do a few low blows. You go low, I'll go <laughs> over the top. I'll do a few low blows. Watch out, Pots. We're coming for you. <laughs> um, but it should be it should be good between him. And then uh, you've got Mike Twelsick, who's, uh, you know, he can crush things on the bike. And then you've also got Pete Jacobs. Um, so oh, be wow. Interesting to see if Pete, how, what sort of shape he's in. Because, um, he's been injured, hasn't he? He is. He's done a couple of 70 point threes but the fields you know he's, he's i think he's won them but you know but he only has to finish doesn't he because he got second last year so correct. it's only just about validation it is so be interesting to see how those three sort of go head to head and and where andy potts is at because we see him doing some fantastic racing over a half and over olympics um but he came, kind of came on with a big hiss and a roar line man and and um and and has not had the you know sort of the progression a bit like uh, Rasmus Henning progressing from sort of a top ten into that sort of top three to top five. But he's got the he's got the goods. Um, so I'll be interested to see how it goes. Well, you, you have to you know before race have to say that this is Potts race. Yeah, I mean, like you know, because Jacobs purely just because he's injured, he's not so much pressure to qualify. Hmm. You know, he maybe just be ticking the box. Like I don't know, I haven't talked to Jacobs about it, but. You're kind of going, Potts probably is more on the line here. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, would, I would think so. And he probably and okay. it, it's pro- probably needs some points as well if yeah. he's going to go to Kona. Yep. Um, on the girls' side of things, a um, bit, of, bit more of a wide-open race. No sort of uh, Kona top tenners or anything like that. Um, good old Torsten, he's got Alison Fitch rated as the odds-on favourite to take it um, f- for a 39% chance of winning. Then you've got Jesse Donovan with a 27% chance. Hilary Biscay is coming in 11% chance as well. Nice, come on, Hilary. But he, um, Torsten's got uh, Pete Jacobs' 50% chance of winning. Oh, he's gone for and Pete, yeah, which makes sense based on Thor- Torsten's way of doing it. Yep, and Andy Potts second, 31%, and uh, Mike Twelsick third, 31%. i am going to put my money 30%. on Potts. Who you put what, what have happened to our, remember early on in the I Am Talk days, I mean, the I Am Man Talk days, you had this kind of us... Why don't we see if that's still up there? Um, the predictions. Yeah, remember we used to have... Iron, Iron Man 
trivia or, or um, no, no, fantasy fantasy oh, try? There was two. Do, do a Google it? search. See if that website is still rolling. Fantasy what, try. Was it fantasy try? Was it fantasy try dot com or something like that, or just search for fantasy try? Those were the good old days. They used uh, to take you down week by week. No, you didn't, because I just copied you every week. You. Oh no, it's still here. Fantasy try. Yeah. Let me pull it up. I'm coming up. Yep, it's still going. Cool. Oh, yeah, I, don't, to, I don't know if it's still going, but it looks the website still exists. We have to uh, have to have to check 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 that one out. Well, based on this, challenge. it must be it's currently top ten. Yeah. Okay. We've got Comrade Stoltz at ten. <laughs> yeah. Maddie Reed at nine. Gomez at eight. So this must be yeah, this all is, try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was all try. Uh, Greg Bennett. Yeah. Uh, Miguel Tisserin. Uh, I might have to come and have a look at that. Yeah, come have a look at this one. What's done? <laughs> Pete Bravusic at five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Richie Cunningham, Cunningham at four. Craig Alexander at three. Terenzo Bozzoni at two. Who do you think is taking it out? We're Maca, gonna have to, we're, no, we're going to have to tag team him. Oh, Potts. Andy Potts is taking it out. Yeah. So Julie Dippins is the top chick, followed but, by Corinna Cuffrey. But I don't this know. This has got to be old because she hasn't raced for a while, Julie Dippins. Yeah, I don't know. Still looks pretty professional. No, 2010 season register now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we don't do fantasy. We got into it for a while, didn't we? We did. Yeah. Oh, it's a pity it kind of fell by the wayside. So, anyway, um, what were we talking about? I'm not happy, Bevan. Oh, you never are, John, but tell me I'm more. I'm not happy. Slack ass Ironman UK. Come on, UK. We were giving the UK some love last week, weren't we? Yeah. They've got, they have got a start list on their site. I couldn't see any pros listed on the start list. And I just. Bugs me because we we go on about um, you know we sh- all these races should be paying out more prize money. What I would actually be happier to see is just a start list. Don't give them any money. Start, just give us a start, start list for start. With, but you think there's probably about thirty Ironmans around the world now. Ballpark, I'd yeah, say twenty five to thirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you said to each Ironman, right, you got to cough up two. Each Ironman's got to cough up two grand, and we're going to pay um, some journalist sixty grand to basically be the pro. Marketing person for these races, and all I've got John, to do. They have someone done. They've they got. If you go to Iron Man, well, whoever it is, they're doing a crap job. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, you're but, not making friends right now. Well, no, there's there's no mention. It's it's less than a week away. This race, there's no mention. I'm, I'm, my rant just got interrupted. That's but right. I've, I'm, we had a five minute break. Joe <laughs> made a coffee. I'll try Great. to get try to get back on my roll. There's there's no mention on the website about these athletes, and and you know we want to make these athletes the stars, you know, because. We've got that small group at the top that, you know, the Maccas, the Crowies, um, Cam Browns, you know, pin up, the pin-up guys. But we want to try to be boosting the profile of the, the second-tier pros, the guys that are going to be winning these races, these, you know, what are now second-tier races. But it's not, it's just pathetic. It really is. So you want to employ someone? Yeah, you say two, two, a couple of grand for each race. That's like what? Two entry fees, three entry yep. fees, and then you pay somebody to be the worldwide reporter simply to come up with a star list, come up with a couple of decent press releases, update the web page with some facts about the pros, and give them a bit of bloody attention. Okay, John, the question is would the punters go and read it? I think that will like for us it's great because for us, you, you know, you're the guy who goes around every week because we, yeah. we need it for the show. But you listen to the show right now. Would you go to all the websites and read it? Well, or I think if you were doing that race, you, you would. would. Yep. Yeah. Now you'd want to know a bit about what what pros are racing, and 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 so I think for the, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you that the average punter probably isn't. But if you were building out for that race, and there's going to be a couple of thousand people obviously doing the race, or if you're in that community, you know, if it was Ironman New Zealand, we'd be have more of an interest in it. So for the Pommy listeners, yeah, they pro- probably would. So I think 
for a small investment. And to be honest, the Pommy listeners do tend to be pretty faithful to the yeah. following of the sport. So I think pick up your game. Come on, UK. Pick Come on. Just because we've got the Olympics. Yeah. No need to show off. Do they have, Maybe they've got a few weather interruptions. They have, they're, apparently yeah, they're having that, that's some what shocking happened. The guy got stuck in the rain. Yeah, he did. <laughs> they've already got this reporter. <laughs> He's already going to get to the computer. Yeah. His power cut out. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a photo from some sporting shop, summer sale, and it was selling jackets mm. from the UK. So is it that bad, is it? It sounds pretty bad. Oh, poor things. Hopefully it comes around for the Olympics. Who's going to win Ironman UK then? Um... Uh, how tell? How tell? Come on, how tell? <laughs> yeah. Come on! Okay, a corner qualifying. It's cut off time uh, for the first period of time. So the top forty males and the top twenty-five female pros in the KPR as of the 29th of July will be qualified for the Kona two thousand and race. The July qualifiers are short a slot in Kona, provided they enter the event according to the registration process or procedures. Uh, any slots not claimed will roll down to the next highest qualifier. Once the slot has been declined, there'll be no. Ret- course or to reclaim it back then, so. then you've got your second round of qualifiers coming in um, another 10 males and 5 females by August 25th so it's quite an important couple of weeks of racing with um, kind of like Super 12 this weekend or Super whatever it's called Super 15 yeah how, where did you, where did you, how do you tie that one in well because this weekend in a Super Rugby because I'm sure our American listeners are going to be loving this next but what happened was on Basically, every game influenced what was going to happen. Oh, yes, yeah. And at the beginning of the weekend, there was all these teams who thought they'd be in the finales, and half of them didn't make it. Exactly. All based on one result after the next result. It was kind of every game just changed everything. But what's stupid about Super Rugby? Do you follow it much? Yeah, yeah. Well, how come Australia, Queensland gets to be in front of us and they've got less points? Because it's done on conferences now. It's stupid, John. It's oh. stupid. I know yeah. this is IM talk, but... Super Rugby, sort your shit out. <laughs> you have basically haven't got the top six best teams in the year. Yeah, got. yeah. And we got we got third overall in, in the number of wins and stuff. Mm. But the Australian team got like fourth overall and they're ahead of us. And the, 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 they have a – you play your country teams twice and then you play the overseas teams once. Uh, so anyway, um, back to the KPR. Sorry, back to So you're right. There could be quite a few people sweating on results over the next, um, the next sort of 15 days or so because uh, if you're sort of – down towards the bottom. Some have you had a look at who's cut, You mustard. No, I haven't. What's the website? Um, Ironmanpromembership.com, I think oh, it is. So anyway, yeah, big big weekend for racing because, uh, you know, there's basically this weekend with Placid and, and the UK and then not sure if there's any Ironman races the following weekend, but it's, uh, it's starting to become crunch time. We had a big announcement in New Zealand last weekend. Bevan and, Bevan and I got invited to a function. Well, back it up. Yeah. Melina, yeah. obviously got flown up there. Well, maybe they should have flown us up there as Just well. Just Melina, come on, man. Didn't give us the yeah, invite to we, we got an email. Yes, so... Melina was on the news. Oh, was he? Well, they, they spoke to Brown, but you could see Melina, you know. Oh, was, yeah, <laughs> um, so he was one of the faces. We predicted, well, yeah, we predicted last week it was either going to be a 70.3, possibly in Auckland, or it was going to be a moving of the Ironman from Taupo. Bevan didn't think that was going to happen. And I got it right. And he got it right. So there's a new 70.3 for Auckland. Um, quite big news. We don't have many big high-profile half Ironmans, and it's going to be the Asia-Pacific Championships. Which is good. Which is kind of cool. And it looks like it's a pretty cool course. <laughs> it basically, in long, Auckland is a big city. It's a kind of ocean fronting, <coughs> so it's got its kind of beautiful 
kind of oceanfront runs and bike, and it's pretty much going to be using it to its maximum. Yes, I, I, I mean, I haven't seen the huge details on the course, so I am a bit suspect it could be pretty flat. You, you basically, from the sounds of it, you're going to bike over the the Auckland Harbour Bridge, which is kind of just pretty cool. Oh, I've, really? Yeah, How I've they managed that. Don't know, but I've ridden over, I've ro- run over that in, in the marathon, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's a it's a reason it's a reasonable climb um, over that bridge, but then it sounds like the rest of the bike course is just going to be out to St Helier's and backs are going to be pretty pretty pancake flat along the the waterfront. Um, nice smooth so, so nice, there, nice and smooth and nice yeah. and fast. But I can see there being quite a bit of drafting and windy. Uh, um, yeah, a little bit, not too bad. Okay. Um, it'd be nice if they just tried to tie in a few few hills as well. But let's let's wait and see. The run will be pancake flat just along the viaduct there. But it's, but it's right, a beautiful run, right in downtown Auckland, where basically they're having the World um, Triathlon Champs this year. Um, so sit, you know, and the swim the swims around like a cafe area, mm-hmm. so it's a great place. For, you see the way they've done the swim. I've kind of done it so that you can. It kind of stays in that whole area. Yeah. Yeah. So we're a great kind of spectator spot for the swim. So I guess the, the downside of it is they've, whether they've intentionally or just don't really give a toss about challenge. It's on the same day as Challenge Wanaka, um, so it's going right, to have going to have an impact. John, on I can always guarantee they don't give a toss about. Challenge yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so um, a bit of a shame there's a clash, but I, I, it's it's. It's a trick. Our, our summer is a lot trickier than, say, the North American summer because you got Christmas slammed in the middle of it, and so you can never really put races around the middle of the season. Um, they just they would struggle to get the yeah. numbers. So, um, they they kind of it is probably the best timing for them. You know, it's six or seven weeks out from Ironman New Zealand, so people will probably potentially do both. So I guess for for them it works really well. It's just a shame it is going to clash with with Challenge. It will have a bit of an impact on Challenge, but. Um, on their half, it shouldn't really impact their full very much. So, so John, what other halves do we have at that time? We have Taupo, Tauranga. Nothing around that time. Uh, but those, but they're a little bit earlier, aren't they? Yep. So we've got some early season ones in December, um, and then we have Tauranga, uh, which is the start of January, and then we have this, which is mid-January, and then there's nothing else really till March. Okay. So... So, interesting times ahead for New Zealand. Uh, if you want to go and get a piece of the action of Kona, I've opened up registrations now for the Epic Camp Kona Light uh, for next year. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a day longer than than uh, what we did this year. You basically get to ride the full Ironman course, get to do a whole bunch of day other longer. cool rides. Yep, day you, longer. You so want we get, more. Well, we want to have a have a chill out, an extra chill out day. Um, so you have a really chill out day the day before the seventy point three, and also midweek we'll have a, slight, a, a quite a bit easier day as well. So you get a bit of time to chill out at the Manalani Resort. Uh, it's going to be awesome. The guys absolutely loved it this year. We're also going to the Volcano National Park, um, and it's just the riding was spectacular. So if you want to check it out, go to epiccamp.com. John, going back to Auckland because yes. I was kind of in two minds and I kind of shut it off and I shouldn't have. Do you think it's because it's going to be the championships we'll actually get a pretty strong field or do you just think it's going to be similar to what we'd always get in a New Zealand 70.3? It'll be, I think it'll be reasonable. you get some good Aussies coming down. 75,000? Kiwi, Kiwis and Aussies, yeah, that's okay. It's it's not it's not far, It's not not far. enough to travel from America for. for. No. So I think it'll be a good field, but it'll be Kiwi, Kiwis and Aussies. Well, timing-wise, if he's going to do Melbourne, um, Melbourne it's, it's good timing to do a race. So possibly. Yeah. So, John, looking at the rankings. Mm-hmm. Currently, I don't know how updated this is because Mary Beth Ellis won a 70.3 last weekend mm. and uh, she's 25th. Really? Yeah. Can't Mary Beth. But no, but I'm thinking that maybe she those points haven't gone on. Mm. So she's, she's 21st. She's on kind of... Tw- what happens with equal? Wow. Because uh, she's equal with uh, Melissa Robinson from Australia 
And she's on five one six. She hasn't well. done an Iron Man. Or does she walk no, she hasn't done an Iron Man. So oh. she won't be eligible. Oh. So she her point score might be higher, but yep. she won't be eligible. You also got Erica Shilmore there and she's twenty third, but she won last weekend, so you think Yes. That would have taken her up. Yeah. So yeah. maybe these haven't been No, they won't have been updated Gareth from the weekend. She's retired. What's well, her ranking? She's twenty second. Yeah, so she'll be out of there. Yeah. She'll be gone, Burger. Captain Snow, Captain Snow will be in. Yeah. And then guys, what is it to them, guys? Thirty five. Forty. No, the forty. Forty. Yeah. Okay, so around forty we've got Hilary Biscay, that's the girls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where's the guys? There's a lot of chicks in there. Okay, forty. Jason Shortis is forty. Tom Lowe. Right. Wow, he's thirty nine. Mm-hmm. He'll be sweating on it. He'll be sweating on it big time, won't he? But I suppose it depends on who's racing because then you've got like under 40, you've got um, Tim Reed, Aaron Farlow, um, who else we got on here? Mm, not not many, oh, Chris Leado, but he's not racing. Matthias Heck, but he won't race next weekend, will he? He will have got some points from the weekend at Switzerland. So he's 54. He, he might go shooting up. He got third. Yeah, so yep. So it's probably going to help him. So Tom Lowe, hopefully he's racing. Rasmus Henning's only on 35. Mm. Wow They'll make it Surely Who knows Well I suppose There's still another Few more slots But there's only 10 more slots to go There you go Luke Bell's 32 Michael Lovato 34 Okay let's move on Michael Raylert 38 Yes because he chose To do a low points Scoring race I've got no sympathy For that boy You've got no No love John (laughs) Go and do a low points race What did he go and do He went and did uh, 880 Regensburg Or something like that Did he win it No he got second Uh, didn't he Got second Got 880 so, points for that race. There you go. If it doesn't make it, it's his own fault. Moving on to the important <laughs> parts of the show. Stupid fault. Cam <laughs> Brown, where do you predict he is right now? He'll be high. Where? Um, six. No. What? Four. Four. Well, yes. it's pretty close. If you get top points, can you say you're a champion? You're the series yeah, leader. Yeah, can, can you do that? No, not at this stage. I don't think it's a, it's not a championship. It's purely a point scoring thing. I know, but you're Craig Alexander going on the champ. Well, he's he, he can pull he can pull all champ things. He's a seventy point three champ. He's a he's the best Ironman triathlete champ, in the world right now. And he's he's the best long distance triathlete in the world. Best right triathlete now. in the world. John's ITU update where the <laughs> the, the real stars go to race. <laughs> oh, um, I'm going to say that to Crow. When we interview him and Kona, I'm going to say John doesn't think you're the best triathlete in the world. First of all, and he doesn't think you're a real star. And what will you say then, John? I'll just get my fisty cuffs up. I'll do a low blow before he gets me. <laughs> I'm not on the tag team in that one. <laughs> um, so the, John's ITU update. We've got some, some some new formats happening in the triathlon world. Um, remember Simon Whitfield was saying they've got to do some new different things. Yep. They are listening, which is good. Obviously so, to us. Yeah, yeah. They said the Tizivaros um, World Cup, which has been one of the really long-standing World Cup races on the on the circuit, and uh, they changed the format this year. And t- normally, it's an Olympic distance race, uh, obviously drafting, and it's usually ends up just being a big pack run and and uh, just you know, comes down to a, to a running you hear race. That? Did you hear that? Yeah, a little crack in my back. chest. I oh, was at your chest. Yeah. Hope you're okay. Oh, I'll survive. Um, this weekend, though, they they made it an elimination race. So that on the Saturday they had um, a number of heats. Or oh, so the race has happened. Yep. So they had some sort of set, what they called semi-finals, and then the top twenty-five out of those um, races. I'm not sure what the total field was. I'm picking it would have been sort of fifty. Good field. It was World Cup standard field, okay. so it was all right. And then on the final, they had uh, this, on the Sunday they did another sprint race of the top twenty-five that, that went through. So it was a smaller field. Did they eliminate quality. drafting? 
Sorry? Did eliminate. Well, it, in the race, it ended up in the final. There was, there was two groups. You know, a group of 10 got away. So if you've got a smaller field, you potentially might have things split up a bit more. Um, but, yeah, just good to have something slightly different. And we also got an email through, and you might be able to do a search in your in your, your Gmail there about yep, uh, the Jensen Button has got a, a race that he sort of found and sponsors through his trust in the UK. And um, it's like an age group eliminator. So you have a whole series of different wave starts and the top number of um, athletes go through to the final. And it's like a super sprint. I think it was like a 300 meter. How can we even have him on the show yet? Someone I sorted it out. I think he's a little more important than our show. No, he's not. Okay, well, you, you get on to it. If he loves triathlon, A, he obviously listens to the show, and B, he needs to come on the show. Put it out there, Ben. Go, okay, go. so it's called the Jensen Button Triathlon and uh, Trust, Trust Triathlon, and A, to help uh, for heroes. Um, obviously, I don't know where the money goes, but it's for heroes. Yeah. That's good. Competitors will take each take part in a 300 meter swim, a 10k bike, and a 200, 2000, uh, 2.5k run, all with the grounds on the beautiful Luttenhu estate. The top 50 from each wave will go into the race for the final. Hmm. The remaining participants will go into a ripper charge for a wooden spoon race off into the final. The distances are short, so the times will be fast, but you need to pace yourself and leave enough in the tank for the final races. There is a maximum of 500 entrants, so enter now as soon as possible. I'll put a link to this. It's www.humanrace.co.nz. Oh, UK. UK. Mm. So cool, just to see a few different formats um, going out there. Come on, Jensen. Simon Whitfield carrying the flag for the Canadian team into the Olympics. Oh, is he? Yeah, so that's kind of cool for... um, They're a bit like New Zealand. They don't get many gold medals. Um, Which is kind of poor, really, because what's the population of Canada? I don't know. Okay, you, I'm going to find out. You keep talking. So that's kind of cool for them. Uh, less, to two weeks, uh, less than two weeks to the um, Olympics now, so it's good times. So this weekend we've got the Hamburg World Triathlon tri- Series. sorry. 34 million, we've got four. Yeah. They do pretty... Do Canada Olympic Medal Hall in Canada. 2008 uh, and see what they got. So uh, this weekend we've got the Hamburg World Tri-Series. Actually a really strong field racing there on the guys' side of things. You've got Alistair Brownlee, Gomez, Fredino. I think it's a sprint distance. I'm looking to see in the girls' race, Emma Snowsall's racing, and I'm looking forward to seeing if she absolutely crushes everybody and just pulls her finger up to the Australian selectors saying, you should have picked me for the team, you stupid mugs. You stupid mugs. <laughs> okay, John, they've had 260 all over all time. We've only, we're only coming up to 100. Yeah, but the, 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 how many times the population? Quite 34 divided by 4, John, what's that? It's about 8.5. Yeah. So 8.5 times the population. So if we went 8.5 times 90, yep. we're dominating the Canucks. Yep. Yeah. A, did, did you get a 2008 medal hall? Um, no. Wait a second, let me do 2008. Okay, I'm coming back at you. Um, we've also uh, had some noteworthy performances at the weekend in the IM Talk tri suits. We're now on top of the podium with the IM Talk tri suits. Oh, Rob Quantrell took out. The a race at the weekend. Goodness me, I haven't even got the name of the race in here. But he crushed everybody at a at a race in the UK. Rob Quantrell wearing the I am Talk tri suit. If you if anybody's got the, one of those tri suits, flick us through pictures. If you get any cool pictures wearing your I am Talk bike jerseys or anything like that, just flick them through to you. Uh, and I think we can we need to have a separate page on our website for for for, for cool I am Talk memorabilia pictures. Okay, I, I agree. Um, Eighteen medals they got. Three golds, nine silvers, and six bronze. 
we didn't get that many. I think we got like twelve, probably. Wait, let me have. Yeah, I'm guessing oh, 11, 11, 12. New Zealand, New Zealand, um, New Zealand. You keep talking, John. Golds. We would have got. Um, we would have got the the. the, the we got nine. We got the same amount of golds. Right. Three golds. We got two silvers and four bronze. So the rowers got the golds. The girls got the golds. Did uh, Did Valerie Valerie get a gold? Yes, yeah, she got gold. And maybe. Was Sarah Alma too? She was 2004. No. Mm, who got the third gold? Third Can't gold. think right now. Let's move on yes, with the show. Tom Ashley. Oh, Tom Sailing. Ashley. Yes. yes. Yeah. Hayden Ralston. Willis got a silver. Yeah. Fastest white dude in the world. Should, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marty Drysdale. Anyway, other people aren't really enjoying this. But Canadians only got twice as many as us and they got nine times the population. So obviously New Zealand, number one in the world, John. Exactly. Number one in the world. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> this news is brought to you by slstry.com. Um, it's quite a few races at the moment which are going non-wetsuit that sometimes have traditionally been wetsuit. You know, um, Placid this weekend, apparently it's a little bit up in the air as to whether it'll be wetsuit, non-wetsuit, um, and often in those hot areas you never know. So SLS Try have got their phobic speed suit, um, which is uh, you know, makes you go faster through the water, hydrophonic Teflon coating repels the water. The exceptional breathable and lightweight custom materials provide maximum thermoglatory and compressive effectiveness, which leads to full prevention of fatigue, ripple effect, and maximum nice speed. There. Goodness me. Lots of big words there. But it's basically an awesome, fast speed suit. So it's the SLS Tri phobic speed suit they've got a men's and women's one check it out and remember to use your code imtalk and you get a nice healthy discount on anything from slstry.com and we get great we've got good, great email oh yeah. yeah uh so jason get you get you can copy and paste that okay, one let's get a surname control. Right. no oh, no, it's wrong no, control. no. <laughs> i got the wrong thing <laughs> i think i can pronounce that one okay here we go here Jace, we go jason here we go. here's jason wait a second Zach. Jason Jorzak um, ordered a pair of calf day sleeves from SLS Tribe based on your recommendations. I've been logging many hours in preparation for an upcoming ultra in November and these compression sleeves have been awesome. Awesome. Thank, thanks again. Glad I'm not the only one that uses awesome all the time. Yep, it's, it's awesome. John. Bevan. I was going to buy Sky TV for the Olympics. Right. But I couldn't do it. Couldn't? No, because they don't do short term. And you had to do a year's worth. And so it was going to cost me like a thousand bucks. And I was like, oh, I can't do it. Can't do it. So I'm not going to have to watch the Olympics. I'm sure it'll be a, a reasonable amount on Prime. You think they will? Yep. You do? Yep. I'm sure they, legally they have to, but you just won't get the choice of what you want to watch. You'll be stuck watching uh, gymnastics and... Uh, hey, gymnastics is my favourite. And lawn bowls. Show me some foot flex. Fo- football matches of under 23 people playing football. Hey, Ryan Nelson's playing. I used to be a milk boy with him. Yeah. So. Don't get me started. Are you going to the Olympics? Are you watching it? Am I going to the Olympics? No, I'm not going no, to. No, but have you got Sky TV yes, for the Olympics? I have got Sky TV. Have you got all the channels? Yes, I have. Oh, I might come bunk with you, mate. Yeah, you go. <laughs> I could be your bosom buddy for a couple of weeks. <laughs> How long does the Olympics go for? Is it two weeks? Or is it yeah, 10 it's days? two weeks. Yeah, maybe 10 days. You might be right. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, hot topic of the week. So last week we had a, a great question through from... Was it, who was it from? I can't remember. But it was the question was, oh, it was it was, it was um, a wise one, James wise one, Hotel. Yeah, and it was regarding is basically doing our sport in the long term going to be bad for our body? And, and admittedly, it didn't it didn't really take fire. No, 
But we did get some interesting comments, and then we got a great email from someone who knows their stuff. Um, Warren Sutherland, first thought was blah, blah, blah. If and when my time comes, no one will ever be able to take away what I have achieved in my life. So many people say what they want to do an Ironman or a marathon, but when the actual percentage that do instead of say, I'm proud of being a multiple Ironman, and I'm not just a one and done either. This is my lifestyle. I'd rather go out early and achieve a lot than go out late and done nothing. It's better to burn out than fade away, John. That's right. Do you know who said that? Neil Young and Kurt Cobain quoted it in his in his suicide note. Right, good. Go. So just let's just keep him with the feel. Good. Um, Tim Gardner. Um, well, I for one have never died because of training. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. And not training, smoking, drinking, and eating will have much more detrimental effect on lifespan. You could be in the middle of a long life, but why be boring? Uh, Tony Hodge and breathing can kill you too really? <laughs> and those of us in the strong and steady camp aka slow and lower volume runners look forward to continue competing our multiple Ironmans long after you whippets have been carted away on stretches lol uh, seriously though this article is just a bunch of ifs buts and maybes <gasps> David, David Mc- was yawn okay McAvoy also agrees he's got sorry guys I lost interest in this article after we should exercise caution comment and went for a run instead and this is while doing the skimmed version so God Ben Greenfield came in uh, nice Ben knows his stuff too of course it's bad for you our joints are not adapted to pound pavement for that long our endocrine system become exhausted and we've got the same inflammatory markers rolling around in our bloodstream as people who are about to die of a heart attack but it sure as hell a lot of fun and I don't know about you but I'd rather shave a few years off my life if it means having a hell of a lot of fun and living in the process well I was interested in Matthew Binns but he has written a book Matthew pick up your game but he is without being he's a little bit older John yeah he's just a little bit older than us a couple years and so I was interested to see, you know, someone who's been... Because I was interested... Our sport's so young, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really it's gone mainstream in the last 15 years, you know, like yep. you know, maybe even the last 10 years we were getting bigger and bigger numbers. And so it's easy for us to sit here and say, well, it's not that bad, but we haven't seen the guys 40 years into the sport. Totally. And Matthew seems to be around for a while. And uh, here we go. I thought... Uh, and I stuffed up his email last time, so I hope I can read this one Okay. <laughs> I've thought about this for a few days and discussed it with two of my riding buddies this morning. All three of us have been completing in triathlon for over 25 years. None of us have heart problems. The other two guys are both 60 years of age and are regular AR place getters in their age group in sprint and Olympic distance events. Both think that they are healthier and more active than peers in the... in the age group who keep fit by playing golf and all lawn bowls. Either expects to have heart issues or die earlier. One of them, the guys actually pointed out that he lived 10 years longer than his father who died of a heart attack of 49, a life of smoking and drinking. This guy was actually a good sportsman and played five games for the Wallaby in his footies, Wallabies in his footies career. So it's rugby for you guys. I don't know what that means. Probably uh, five losses against the All Blacks. Probably. My take on the article is that the study uh, is that is done to highlight the results from competitive athletes, athletes who crank their heart rates into the red zone on a regular occurrence. The level of stress this places on the body and cardiovascular system does take its toll. For us average competitors who only hit the red zone on rare occasion, the stress is negligible. The health benefits far outweigh any perceived threat of danger from exercise. We all plan to continue training and competing for a long time yet. I think Jim Ward showed us all, you can train and race until the day you die. 
Nice, Matthew. Was, and, and I think I'm pretty happy with my reading on that one, Matthew. So Good. it's a win-win nice win for both of us. Okay. Uh, Cam Hansen summed it up for us. Um, again, another fairly lengthy email, but it, it, it's sort of He's a, he's a professional. He's a oh, he, 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 he came out with I know my shit, <laughs> and we we're like, okay, we're not going to disagree. And he's he's a physio with uh, the Junior Wallabies, um, so that's the Australian rugby team. So he sees uh, looks at it from a triathlon perspective and from an impact sport, which is quite different. Um, here's my professional opinion on this week's discussion after looking at some of the feedback feedback on Facebook. Firstly, we have to distinguish between long term cardiac health concerns, as per the first part of the question, and musculoskeletal lethal health issues which I'm assuming you are referring to in part two. The first, in the first study the article refers to it states that runners are less likely to die than non-runners so that's good for us yep. but higher mileage and faster paced running in some individuals who have a cardiac predisposition may possibly lead to an earlier death. Mm. As it's an individual thing based primarily primarily on your genetics, then if you have any concerns, family history or signs of arrhythmia, then under under physical stress, then see your GP who will likely refer you to a cardiologist. There are so many positive effects of exercise for the cardiovascular, endocrine, musculoskeletal and mental health status of the general appropriate population that for the majority of people it should not be an issue. In terms of high training volume then the damage to our musculoskeletal health which I assume you're referring to in part two then the actual risk of any life-threatening issues is minimal. People don't die from musculoskeletal injuries especially overuse as opposed to traumatic injuries. The two biggest risk factors for developing osteoarthritis later in life are one previous history of traumatic joint injury that has disrupted the integrity of the cartilage surface of the joint i.e. an ACL rupture meniscal tear and two our genetics again the nature of our sport thankfully doesn't lend itself to many traumatic injuries as opposed to contact sports working with high level rugby union athletes on a daily basis we see significant injuries week in week out that have disrupted disrupted the articular surface of the joint whose natural progression will be towards osteoarthritis the speed at which the pro- this progresses will be determined uh, dependent on factors such as how much load um, the joint is placed under on the long term the, or the severity of the index, uh, the injury, the BMI of the individual and again our genetics. Therefore, the triathlete who has been a rugby player in previous life or has significant ski injury to their knee or has taken up endurance sport, namely running, will be at a much higher risk of developing os- osteoarthritis than the athlete who has not had a previous injury. There is no higher incidence of knee osteoarthritis in sedentary office workers versus marathon runners. So for the majority of us who haven't had a significant joint injury, then the risk is low. If you're an athlete who has had a significant joint injury and has some early osteoarthritic Change. change, then you need to be careful you need to carefully consider your involvement with running. Swimming and cycling should not be an issue and probably help you manage your condition. Overuse injuries such as bursitis, bone stress injuries, etc. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> <laughs> he missed out this word. Ten, tendiopathies. Nice. I just was, uh, and bone stress injuries may cause some short-term discomfort and disruption to our training, but if managed correctly, will have little or no impact on a long-term musculoskeletal health or function in later life. Again, given the overall health benefits of regular exercise, the odd ache and pain, as long as managed correctly, is a small price 
price to pay. You did pretty well on the reading of that one too, mate, because we're both one. not the sharpest readers, but we, we, we're improving. We're improving. If you go back and listen to the early shows, we were both a lot terrible. So, John, your thoughts? A lot terrible. That's <laughs> Queen's, <laughs> Queen's English, yeah, you had it best. My English is great. <laughs> so, so, your thoughts? Uh, Got to agree with Cam, um, 90, uh, 95 to 100%. It's, uh, I guess, that, that area of... Well, um, whether you disagree. Well, I don't disagree. Well, it's you said the, 95%. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that area of, if, for the pro, for, 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 for basically the people that generally listen to the show, yeah, I, yeah. I, I would not even have one concern, except for, as Cam points out, the ones who have had trauma injuries, then you've got to be a bit more careful. And that's where the, the aqua bike... Option, option potentially comes in. People give them a bit of a no hard one time. Who those races? Uh, a few people do. Well, when are they on? When was the last time it was an Equal bike? Uh, they do them in, in North America, a lot of the non WTC races, you know. Oh, they're, they're, they're out there. A lot more in America than, than anywhere else. Um, but for, for those pro athletes that have been go at it for like 20 years' time or so and they do a lot of racing. Um, at a do, high, high yeah, end. Yeah, you do wonder, like. Molina's body's, um, you know, his back's a bit, bit stuffed and yep. worn down. Those guys did extreme training for a, for a long period of time. So not sure about that sort of camp, but for, for age group athletes, I wouldn't have any concern. I have to admit my body, you know, like my body. But yours is high impact. Different, yeah, different. And, and high intensity. Yeah. And so I have to admit, I do wonder, you know, 20 years from now what my body will be like because of the, the things I do to it now. But it's, it's, it's that whole thing where it's so appealing right now and it's not so, like occasionally I get injured, but nothing major but so you it's so appealing right now but i wonder if, if i do get to 20 years from now and, and i'm actually kind of screwed mm. will i regret that i went to this level so often but ask me in 20 years from now get into a swimming career bevan yeah i'll be back in my swimming career i'll be with pots i'm just gonna make this another short rant because the show's going on we've got a bit of content to get through but i just about lost it last week uh when I don't know what that was. John, you've got anger problems, I think. I think, well, I think you need no, to get a No, people need to just respect that if, if they're stupid, they just need to be, be very careful what they say. Well, Some stupid, lady... Based on what? Based on what you think is stupid. Okay, so tell, tell me, if do you think there's any link between obese people and unhealthiness? So if somebody's obese, do you think they're more likely to, to, to be unhealthy and have medical issues than somebody who is... Averagely fit and has got a reasonable BMI. Where are you going with this, John? I'm going because a <laughs> stupid lecturer at Massey University, it, her, part of her, her rant she, was... She's, she's the lecturer, she's stupid. No, I'm, I, I, I'm standing by that. <laughs> she said, uh, and I agree with one point, that, that, that fat people get discriminated against. Yep. Uh, totally agree with that. And she was running some fat forum about that this is the last thing that people are getting discriminated against. In the, I agree in with the, that. And, and, and I don't disagree with that. I don't think that. hating them is the way to go forward, John. No, and I'm not saying I love, hate them. Love them. But then she went on to say that there's no scientific proof that being obese and fat, that there's any link to, to unhealthiness and diabetes. And, and all the, you know all these other related. Um, did she say things. that? She did say that. She wow. said there's no scientific, and I just about punched the flipping radio. Did you really? I seriously lost it. I'm just I'm not I'm not happy about the the obese the way that we're going with obesity. Wow. There we go. Anyway, sorry, got to move on. I just did got you, so fired up did, about did, this. Do you, do you want me to put a boxing bag up for you? Um, it would help. We'll start a start. Did a the interviewer challenge her? He did, and she stood by it. She said all these different. There was um, radio. Radio and News Talk ZB. Love the guy. Um, Larry Williams. Fantastic. Is he? Then it was on the paper the next day. I, I lost it. Did. Sorry. Carry on. Sponsor, Athlinks. So wait a second, but her argument is that... She's basically saying that it's absolutely fine. This, every, you know, we, being fat, there's no problem whatsoever. You're not gonna, it's not unhealthy and people are just being mean to fat people and that was basically it. And I don't disagree that 
fat people get discriminated against, but I do very strongly disagree that the, there's a strong link between unhealthy eating, being obese, and unhealthiness in terms of diseases and... Yes, John, can you show me your scientific evidence? <laughs> I have to say, if you are a little bit overweight and you want to, and you want to, there's a great book I read called Why We're Fat and What to Do About It, and it's very, very good, and it's very scientific, and it's um, a very interesting discussion, so you want to right. check that one out. Right, let's lead off. I've got my steam off. Okay, On to some more positive it. things. Athlinks.com. Dot com. Now... Oh, where's that image gone, Bevan? Yeah, it's not on mine either. Ah, uh, right. You, Rookie mistake. What'd you do? Well, I've, I'm, I've got to make these things in pages now on um, with my with my Mac. I told you I can give you Microsoft Word. Well, have you have you delivered? I told you always remind me at the end of the show. Have you remembered? No. <laughs> don't, me. don't, don't blame me, John Newsom. All right. So anyway, we're gonna have a pause. Oh, okay. We we'll have a pause, and then I'm gonna give John Microsoft Office. I'm buying it for him. Here <laughs> <laughs> we go. Just bought Microsoft Office for John. Yeah, that's great. Good purchase. Yep. Put that credit yep. card away now. Right, We're all yep. good. Just putting that back in. Putting back in the wallet. <laughs> okay, so I mean, UK coming out this weekend and athlinks.com. The listeners have been on there, John, and we're going to say what people are going to be doing. Yep. Hip, hip. Nick knows Rose. What's he predicting? Well, his PR currently he's done seven races. Yeah. His RPI is 9.9. So that's the percentage and where he should be finishing within his age group. Okay, so he's, he's up there. And top 10%. Nice yeah, work, Nick Nose Rose. His uh, average time is 10.23. His yes. PB is 9.56.04. But on Athlinks, he's put, I'm going for a 9.55. Nice. Another going PB. for PB. Take it to the next level. Christopher Smith, uh, he is from Brampton, Cambridge, Great Britain. He's going for 15 hours. I have Christopher Smith. I went on to a different page. There. I have got one image on here. Now I'm going to have to come over and cuddle you to look at your computer. Yeah, and painting. He's going for, oh, well, what's really interesting. He's obviously not, not aiming for this to be a key race because he's got a 9.44. Are you going to come use my mic? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right there. He's, he's, yeah, he's gonna look around the side of the table. Yeah, look, yeah. So, this isn't. Good. You're standing on the wires. Go back to your seat. I'll just. I'll turn my computer around. Go, go back. Come on, come on. You'd stand on the chairs. That's okay. New shoes. New, new shoes. shoes. No, no, new shoes. Quite flash. Where did you get those from? Uh, Hemner. Nice. Never pay full price for anything, Bevan. <laughs> Uh, so Ian, he's done a nine forty four before. Nice. But he's aiming for nine ten fifteen in this okay. one. Okay. His yeah. average is ten. He's done. 15 races. Okay. So he's pretty sharp. You, you roll them out. Andrew Gale. Yeah. Um, his, his PB's 11.37. He's done three races. We've got Barry Clemenson. Mm-hmm. We've got Andy Leak. We've got Mick Billing. We've got Colin Fraser. Scott Markham. He's done. Oh, he's going for a big PB. He did a 12.03 in his first Ironman. Average time in all Ironmans is 12.03. Yeah. <laughs> one. Yeah. But he's aiming for a 10.20. Ooh. Big step up. Big step up. Big step up. He's going to take it to the next level. 41. He's a male. He's from Prenzins in Great Britain. Nice. So this weekend, if you're going to be doing Ironman UK in Bolton. Look out for those people. Yeah. If you want to get you, uh, get yourself possibly on the show or just basically lay a bit of smackdown talk, you go to athlinks.com, click on the little events button um, for any upcoming races your races um, will come up if they don't come up then you can create the race put it into your calendar and then you'll show up and you can put a bit of smackdown talk so check it out on athlinks.com Christopher Schmidt is going 15 hours yeah come on Schmidt yep I wonder Go. if that's his nickname because in New Zealand that's what you do you always yeah. just put an E at the end don't you yeah See for us, John Newsom. Don't put an E at the end of John oh, Newsom. There, there it goes, right down there. Well, how did it end up down there? I don't know. 
You need Microsoft Word. There you go. <laughs> yeah, luckily, I just bought it for you. Exactly. One, two, three, four. Hafa! Hold on, hold on. Where are you going? See, you, you must be looking at something. No. You, what have I done? Pay, pages is all over the place, isn't it? Pay, what's going on with, with you can, pages? You, can, you, you don't have to export it as Word because I have pages. Yeah, but I've, I have it on this computer. See, uh, I'm, I'm going between two computers. You can save it as a PDF. There you go. On the Mac? Okay. And, and it even saves your, your links, so your links will still work. See? John, That's what we're going to do. This week's Mac education. Oh, I didn't do this weekend, Lance. I'm doing this weekend, Lance, right now. He's gone to us. He's gone. No, he's not, because someone's sent through a great article. Okay, I'll do, I'll do that. You pull up the article. Uh, Extreme Endurance. And we've just done this month. No, this is, uh, my formatting's all gone. Sorry, people. You're, you're I'm, this losing, is imperfection. You're losing the plot, John. You're losing the okay. plot. We'll do this high five. Well, what about this weekend, Lance? Okay, you do this weekend, Lance. And the people want this weekend, Lance, back, John. <laughs> They do. They, they seriously. I get emails every week saying, "Where's this weekend lunch?" First of all, be early. Early Froome doesn't. Early doesn't want it back. Um, I can't remember. Because we had a picture of on uh, Facebook of Michael Rasmussen's crash. It was a brilliant photo. Whoever took it um, when he crashed in Frankfurt. No, no don't you mean Raylert? Raylert, sorry. But no. it'd been photoshopped to like crazy. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but, but it was still he still captured the moment pretty yeah, awesomely, true. and uh, he looked pretty ripped. And early the. Skeptic that he is, says HGH, he's on drugs. He's just early thinks everybody's on drugs. Well, they are, aren't they? Yeah, of course. Did you read that article I sent through from somebody about the girl who admitted to drugs? Yep, Austrian. Well, why didn't you bring that up on the show? It was a great article. She wasn't, she didn't even do very good in triathlon. No, but she was saying how lots of age groupers are using drugs. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> let's, let's be optimistic saying these all these top pros, uh, they're not on the juice. It's well, hard. this weekend, Lance, John, there's a couple of things. The judge went mad at him. Yep, rightly so. Tell us around that one, John. Uh, well, I didn't read it in huge detail, but the judge basically told his lawyers that they're, they're, they're just showponying the whole flipping submission that they put in, and it was all rhetorical stuff, just saying, I'm, you know, this is just, they're just on a witch hunt, blah, 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 and it just didn't really have much to do with the law, and, and it didn't, was not filed in the correct format, and basically told them to go away and pull out their socks and. Well, it was, more, it, was, it was kind of more than that. It was kind of like, I, I can't remember the exact words, but he kind of told him off really and said, you know what, exactly. this isn't, isn't really about your ego. Yeah. And, <laughs> so it was, it was a bit of a laugh, which is all good. But Jason, the guy who sent, who we couldn't get the name of earlier, what was his name, John? Jaskik, something like that. Yeah, my, my, my computer's playing up right now. But he sent through a great article from cyclingtips.com.au and it's an article around, you know, people say, well... Um, you know, the drugs and all the rest of it. And oh, my, my computer's just, oh, Flash. <laughs> God, I got to hate Flash. I'm, what am I? I'm down, you've got me on this Mac spiral now and the computer's not even working. I'm going to be going down the pathway of getting all these Mac products. Well, what, what um, happened was it's Flash's fault. All I'm hearing is excuses. Yep, you're, and you're right. <laughs> um, so he sent through this picture of the last 10 years of Tour de France top 10 people mm-hmm. and it had blacked out all the people who had been drugged and the ones who haven't been caught mm-hmm. and it was a bit of a revealing piece John it was pretty mm-hmm. interesting it was really um, yeah it just shows how many drugs were in the sport and there's only kind of two or three people who haven't been caught with drugs and that's definitely one of the ones who was at the front of the top 10 mm-hmm. and never got caught so it was it was an interesting piece so there's this so we can Lance and I'll put that on www.imtalk.me 
Back to our high five. High five. Now, wait a second. Now I've got to find this. I'm having a mere, John. I'm having a We're mere. both having a mere today. Okay. This was sent through by Timothy McGrath. Um, I came across this article by Scott Tinley on beginner triathletes. So we're totally plagiarizing beginner triathlete, but we're giving them a bit of love because they've got lots of good stuff on that site. And I wanted to have a high five because we haven't had one in ages. And we've got Scott Tinley on our Legends of Podcast, uh, Legends of Triathlon podcast. And uh, John, Tim, I, I have to pause. Yep. I'm pausing. We're back and uh, we've got the article up and it's on beginnertriathlete.com and it's by Scott Tinley and it's basically a high five and it's actually a 10 on, what is it John? Uh, it is on basically... Um, a prima for on reflection. Yeah, so Scott Tinley's a bit of a thoughtful man. A bit of a deep character, isn't he? A philosopher. He's, he's, like, he's like brainiac, he's got mm. like degrees and stuff. So we're not going to read this one out word for word, just going to give a little tidbits of, of a Scott Tinley high five. It's a seven actually. Seven. Yep. Um, Number one, health and fitness aren't the same. For many of us, we see as sport as a healthy endeavor and a way to reduce stress in our lives. But whilst we idealize that early evening run through the forested trails or that solo ride along the empty back roads, we end up running in circles around a dark track or dodging traffic as we navigate the fear of being terminated by a Humvee. Nice. Okay. Wiki thought number two, speed is both relative and controllable. Wiki thought number three. And if you want to read this, go to beginnertriathlete.com. Oh, you're not going to let me elaborate on that one? Well, I thought you'd pause. No, because I was trying to be deep. Right, you're going for a pause effect pause. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Cut on in. <laughs> Carry on. You can have as much fun at 16 miles an hour as you can at 22. But the consequences of mistakes are different by within those six miles. The brakes, however, are in your hands, whether on the bike or or in the bedroom. Oh, Ooh, where are you going here? Where are you going here? <laughs> Talking about sleep. Can I can I come in with number three now? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're not pausing again for well, effect. I, once we went to the bedroom, I, I get, get, got to get out of here. You can't, no, wiki thought number three, you can't buy a championship or an authentic smile. Commercial sport and capitalism, while beneficial systems <laughs> in, in and of themselves necessarily prompt an ethos of consumption behaviour. We're to thought to think that this new or light this new thing or light of that will enable us to break through performances. And after we win that, enter event name here, then we can relax and enjoy our sport. But there is always more to be bought, sold and bargained. John, yep. number four, consider the possibilities. As the school-ditching philosopher Ferris Bueller told his nervous pal Cameron while they contemplated what to do on their day off, today we ate pancreas. Camera's eyes went too wide. <laughs> too often the aeropar position extends into our own world purview. We state, we stare at it while the white line in the pool and the bottom of the road while we miss the view of the sweeping road to head. Okay. Wow. Wiki thought number five, leave it at the office, pal. Yeah. Triathlon is a sport tailor-made for the obsessive, compulsive senior managers looking to vent their corporate frustrations. But if the boardroom bent ca um, carries over to the casual group ride, you become that guy who projects his own Tour de France on the Tour de Donut. Don't be that guy. Okay, John. Wiki thought number six. Yeah. Kill your computer. Yep. Other philosophers, poet Jimmy Buffett. Do you know who he is? No, neither. Suggest that we turn off the TV... Turn off the crap, kick off your heels and climb onto my lap. There you go. <laughs> Basically saying just turn your computer off. And have a shag. Yeah, exactly. Basically, I have to say, I've gone from not checking my, my email on my phone anymore. I've made that a rule. That's exactly why I didn't want to get um, an iPhone and things like that. Cause well, there's lots of other good reasons for an iPhone, yeah. John. But 
You're not on a good path at the moment today with your Mac breaking down. Hey, John, you're in that. You're in our world now. You have to back me up. <laughs> you start, but I have to mean it. It's been quite good for me. So anyway, Wiki thought number seven. One, one more thing. thing. Oh, I've got to read the whole one probably. And through it all, sport lives on, institutionalized in many quarters, but unaffected in its truthful core. Sport, the greatest reliever of stress, the builder of character, and the last form of entertainment where the end is not predictable, where community extends out from the huddle like a spokes from a wheel. Nice. He's got a little bit more there, so he's if you want to go read that. He's got, he's got four star rating out of that. Nice work, That's Scott Tinley. Yeah, it's been shared on Facebook. Yep. So it must be doing pretty good. Right. Back to my unformatted um, yeah, what's Word document So now Sponsor Extreme Endurance Yes So if you want to get, if, you've, if you've been getting A few sniffles And sneezes and stuff And your health Your, your immune system's Taking a bit of a battering Probably probably Southern Hemisphere Athletes at the moment Check out Extreme Immune Boost Whether preparing Or competing for a marathon Competing in triathlons Or doing extended workouts For any intensity All of these can stress out Your immune system Enough to make you ill Um, You take one of their Extreme Immune Boost And get your health Back on track It's $44.95 For a bottle Last year Basically a month Pop Basically going to mean You can get rid of The majority of your other Minerals and vitamins And taking 20 different tablets a day just Basically one. just take, take one Take the extreme immune boost Check it out Xendurance.com And remember for you Pommy listeners um, You're now going to get Heaps better service With your local distributors So check it out um, Yeah Xendurance It is that time of year Where people are getting the flu Joe was walking mm-hmm. through Said so she's getting the flu Getting the flu yeah. Linda's got a little bit of cold I had it for a few weeks I had a little tickle coming on But I sort of fought it off Yes what you, How'd you fight it off just chilled out for a bit, plenty of fluids, yep. plenty of fruit. Bit of immune boost. Yeah, bit of immune boost. Yep. Just way laughing. Way <laughs> laughing at the flu. Ha <laughs> ha, pity so, you fool. Check it out, xendurance.com. Okay, we've got an interview with a bit of a legend on here from Tony Peaks, Joe Fryo. Friel. Friel, sorry. And um, great interview, actually. Great interview, yes. isn't he? Yep. He just knows the stuff. And, he, and what I love about Joe is he knows the stuff, and obviously he's one of the kind of brains of our sport. But he speaks in a real man's language. Yep. You know what I mean? He doesn't try to overcomplicate things. He just kind of says it how it is. And this is a really good interview around some of the tools that are really great tools, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, so we'll put that in right now. Here we go. Rightio, today I'm very happy to have uh, a legend legend brought to you by TrainingPeaks.com and he's one of the men that uh, founded Training Peaks uh, as well as we all know about the triathlon training bible and the 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 million books he's written. Yeah, one of the coaching gurus that we're going to have at some stage on our our Legends podcast. So uh, welcome back to the show, Joe Friel. Thanks guys, glad to be here. Um, the topic we're going to look at today is is a couple of features that, that um, from Training Peaks that some people I think have heard a little bit about, but we just want to look into them um, in a little bit more detail, and it's decoupling and efficiency factor. So can you just give us, for, for somebody who perhaps isn't familiar with those terms, just a, a very brief overview about um, what they are and, and, and how they differ in terms of those two terms? Sure. Uh, the concept of both of them is the um, well, the purpose of both is to try to determine what the athlete's aerobic fitness, how is it doing, how it's progressing, uh, which in the past uh, athletes never have been really able to do at all. It's just been kind of a guessing game as to when we think aerobic fitness is well established, especially in the, in the base period. That's one of the markers for being ready to move on to the next period of training. And so um, it dawned on me a few years ago and I was playing around with power files to my athletes that whenever 
whenever power increases and heart rate remains the same, you know that the athlete has become more fit. It's mm-hmm. an obvious thing. Or the, uh, if you look at the other side of that coin, if power stays the same but heart rate declines, then we also know that fitness, aerobic fitness, is improved. So I began playing with those two that idea and came up with first of all the idea of decoupling, which is a way of looking at aerobic fitness, aerobic endurance within a single workout. And it's kind of a complicated formula, but basically the bottom line is what it does is it compares uh, power to heart rate for the first half of the workout to power to heart rate for the last half of the workout and comes up with a, a percentage of change. And um, uh, that number is going to be typically one point something. And um, the lower that number is, uh, the more aerobically fit the athlete appears to be uh, for a given type of workout. Now, obviously, if the person is doing several different types of workouts, you know, variably paced versus steady paced, that's going to have a big impact on this. So the workouts need to always be the same as much as possible. So, for example, um, what I like to see happen in decoupling is that the athlete's um, uh, ratio is 1.05 or less, meaning that there was only about a 5% change in the ratio between or the relationship between power and heart rate throughout the course of the workout. It's more than 1.05 for a standard aerobic workout. That's the sign that there may be a problem here with, with aerobic fitness, and we need to... Um, uh, go back to work on that and spend some more time kind of trying to, to dial it in. Now, the problem with this is that um, decoupling, or heart rate rather, is not is, is very dependent on, on lots of variables, and that can tend to screw things up. If it's an overly hot day compared to the previous workouts, for example, or if the athlete uh, is not well hydrated, or the athlete is gone to altitude from from a sea level to a higher altitude for a workout, those sorts of things. Even even nutrition can have an effect on on uh, heart rate. Uh, an argument with a spouse. Uh, all kinds of things can affect <laughs> heart rate. So consequently, it's not it's not perfect, but it gives us an idea of what's going on with within a single workout. So if you look at one workout, like an athlete rides, tell the athlete to ride for two hours steady at a given heart rate. Let's say that heart rate is in the two zone, and they ride for two hours steady in the two zone and their decoupling at the end of the workout is less than 1.05, I feel pretty confident the athlete's, athlete's aerobic fitness is coming along quite nicely. I'd like to be able to confirm that with several other similar type of workouts, but, but that's, that's a good indicator. Uh, but it's only just a snapshot. It only tells us today what it was like. Uh, fitness changes all the time. It may be better or worse next week. And so we need something that looks at a long term, and that's where efficiency factor comes in. Efficiency factor is um, uh, again compares power to uh, to heart rate, but it does it for the entire workout or segment of a workout. And mm-hmm. so let's to go back to my example again. Let's say the athlete rode for two hours at a given heart rate, and we came up with a power at the end of it. Uh, let, let's give an example of that. Let's say the athlete rode for an hour at 200 watts. So I, let me let me reverse that. Let's say the a- athlete rode for an hour at 150 beats per minute. So he's watching his heart rate and rode at 150 beats per minute and his average or normalized power, I use normalized for this, Mm -hmm. was 200 watts for that hour 
Then I divide 200 by 150, and I find that his efficiency factor was 1.33. That by itself really doesn't tell me anything. I've got to compare it with other similar workouts. So a week from now, the athlete repeats that workout, rides 150 uh, at, at 150 beats per minute, and produces a power output of, of 205 divided by 150 is a 1.37. So we can look at that and say, gosh, we've had an improvement. We've gone from, we've increased our power output, the ratio has increased, and therefore we must be going the right direction. Things are heading exactly where we want them to go. Had the number gone down, I would look at it and say, well, maybe it's just a one-off. Maybe it's just a hot day. Mm. Maybe it's too much caffeine before the workout. Um, you know, I really don't know all the variables, but if I watch efficiency factor over a long period of time, several weeks, I'll begin to see a pattern, and that pattern should be pointing in the right direction, which is the number is always rising. And if that's the case, then I know we're doing the right things as far as developing um, aerobic um, efficiency. And so consequently, that, that's what it's all about. So decoupling is kind of a snapshot. We're taking one, a one-shot look at the athlete's aerobic fitness an efficiency factor is a way of looking at it over a longer period of time. With that, so, so what you're really saying is you've got to be careful with the workouts that you are comparing on a like-for-like -like basis because, as you said, you know, if you go out and do interval workouts or highly variable workouts or, or it's hot or whatever, you just, just need to take some of these sessions with a grain of salt. But when you, when you are comparing a like-for-like -like session uh, with the same, you know, the same sort of level of energy going into them, then, then that's when it becomes a bit more valuable. Yeah, exactly right. So what I do, for example, is I'll have athletes do, in the base period, do a workout, something like that, once a week. They'll ride at a given heart rate. Usually, usually I use two zone. I'll tell the athlete, I want you to ride in the lower half of your heart rate two zones, <coughs> using the system that I've come up with for heart rate zones. So ride in, in that range, which is relatively easy, actually, uh, for a given period of time. Let's say it's two hours. And then when it's all done, I look at the data and I look at normalized power for that two hours versus average heart rate for that two hours. And I've got the information I need about efficiency factor. And if I use the decoupling, uh, I can take a look at what happened during that one workout as far as a marker for, uh, for efficiency. When you say um, level two zone for you, uh, in terms of People that use different terminology is the top of level is top of level two around Ironman effort for most people, or is it still even lower than that? Um, if the person is riding more than six hours in an Ironman, then yeah, it's probably about right. Lower yeah. two zone heart rate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the faster the person rides, of course, typically the higher the heart rate becomes zone wise. Yeah. So yeah, I, I but I I typically use low heart rate zone two regardless. It's just I think it's a it's puts you very close to aerobic threshold. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to work on here is aerobic threshold, yeah. not anaerobic, and so consequently I think it's like the uh, the optimal intensity to use heart rate wise. Okay, when um. Yeah, I remember first hearing Cameron Brown talk about this once in a uh, in a race when he first got his got a power meter, and this was you know a number of years ago. And he he really saw obviously what you're talking about with with decoupling, where you know he would ride maybe the 
much of the Ironman race at a, at a set heart rate and once he got the power meter he saw that you know whilst his heart rate was staying the same his power was dropping off a bit um, yeah. to the tail end of the, of the ride so what are some of the other terms that people when you talk about decoupling some of the other terms that maybe people have heard about you know whether it cardiac drift heart rate drift can you just explain some of the other terms people may have heard to, that mean sure. the similar or the same thing yeah we could talk about heart rate cardiac drift that would be that's one part of decoupling uh it would show up very nicely in, in decoupling if you look at the the chart in churning peaks or in uh, wko <laughs> what you see is a heart rate line uh, you know typically a red uh graphic line of what happened to heart rate during that workout and you see a typically a black graphic line of what happened to power and um, if heart rate was rising throughout the workout, in other words, the athlete was rise, riding at a steady power, but heart rate would drop, was rising, we would typically call that a cardiac drift. Heart rate is rising. That's typically what we use for that term, the term used for that situation. Uh, but I realized at the time that heart rate could stay the same, but power could drop, just as you're talking about there with the example. And that's really the same thing. It's just the mm-hmm. other side of the same coin. It's, it's kind of like cardiac drift, but that was a little bit confusing to call it cardiac drift because the heart rate really wasn't uh, drifting at all. It was staying constant because the athlete was watching it. But now we had power drifting down. We had power drift. Mm. And so uh, in trying to come up with a lot of terminology for this, I decided to call it decoupling because if you look at the chart, it looks like railroad tracks, if you got it right, the two lines are parallel. And if they're if they don't stay parallel, they're coming apart, they're decoupling. It's just like the train is coming off the tracks, essentially. <laughs> so um, what's sort of an acceptable level of decoupling? If people are analysing both their training and their racing, um, what's acceptable? You know, if, if if somebody's sitting there riding through an Ironman ride and they're saying, for example, right, I'm going to sit, you know, ballpark around 175 watts and I'm just going to hold that regardless. Um, when d- is it a, an issue when heart rate starts to rise too much or, or what, what, are the, what are the sort of signs people need to look out for? Yeah, if they're riding in a steady power output, if you begin to see heart rate rising, um, which is typical, I mean, that that's probably going to happen in a race uh, because fatigue does set in. Uh, then you're going to see heart rate rise at a, at a standard power output. And um, the issue is at what intensity is the athlete riding. If, the, if it's a sprint distance race, for example, it's probably going to be greatly anaerobic. And really, heart rate's going to rise dramatically, and decoupling is not going to be a factor here because it really doesn't pay, doesn't really give us good information when we're talking about going anaerobic. It's only when we're aerobic. So as we start talking about the longer race distances, especially up to half Ironman, Ironman distance, those distances are very uh, – the athlete should very definitely be watching for that happening. Riding, for example, in a, in a half Ironman race at a given watt, wattage and seeing heart rate rise, there's nothing you can do about it except slow down. If, you, if At some point, you're going to be forced to slow down anyway. If the heart rate is, is rising at a rapid rate – the athlete's going to be forced to slow down because of fatigue. Uh, if he's not forced to slow down, then it worked out okay. It, it's fine. Uh, so it's really comes, it always comes back in a race. It always comes back to how do I feel? That's, that's always the main issue. Numbers are nice to have in a race, but the bottom line is you've got to be able to race based on perceived exertion, uh, no matter wh- how much technology you've got on your handlebars. Uh, you still got to be able to go based on how you feel. So, but if the athlete sees that happening 
um, at a rather rapid rate. In other words, you're riding at a standard power output and you're seeing heart rate rising. Uh, the athlete needs to be prepared to um, with the, the concept here that, yes, I'm sli- I, I need to slow down at some point because it's rising rather rapidly. And that's telling me there's something wrong here. So having both pieces of information is really quite valuable. But still, the athlete needs to make a decision based on how he feels, he or she feels. One of the problems with Ironman athletes is that, you know, in in the ride, we often think we're invincible. And so people might see this information and still feel okay. But it's, you know, it really hits them in the run because they, they blow up because they went too hard on the ride. So psychologically, you know, at what point, you know, because a lot of people will probably tell you after a race, well, I was actually feeling okay then. So what do you do in that situation? Sure. Yeah, you're likely if you have. Good. In fact, you're likely to have a, um, a fast bike split, one of your fastest ever. <laughs> uh, but then you wind up jogging or walking, and, and you blow all the time that you gained on the bike is lost on the run. Um, the key there really is to be able to hold, to, to stay coupled, 1.05 or less, throughout the entire uh, bike segment. And if you do that, I can practically guarantee the athlete that they're going to have an extremely good run when they come off the bike. That's what when I train athletes for Ironman distance, that's what we train to do. We train to be able to hold the highest power output possible without decoupling. And so we're searching for that number all the time. What's the number we need to not have decoupling over the course of your ride? If we can accomplish that, if we get that, then they come off and they have a good run also. If they don't, if, if it goes well above 1.05, uh, they're going to have a uh, less than 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 uh, uh, good run. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any tricks you've got in terms of um, how people can improve that that decoupling number or the efficiency factor? You know, you've talked about sure. staying at. You know, if if you if your decoupling is, is great, you you stay at um, a particular level of your training, or you stay in an aerobic zone. So, is there any sort of test sessions that you recommend um, before sort of people advance their training on or, or if they're seeing big amounts of decoupling what type of training they should be doing yeah what I what I do with Ironman distance athletes is uh, in the base period they'll do once a week they'll do a, a long ride now that's kind of depends a little bit on the athlete I'm talking about so it's hard to define but usually in excess of three hours Four hours is quite common. Could be five hours for some athletes. We'll do a long ride, and it'll be done at that low heart rate. And we'll just see what, – what I want to see happen is that we finally reach the point where decoupling is no longer an issue for these long rides. They're, they're um, staying 1.05 or less, and efficiency factor is improving throughout this period of time. Uh, once I see this well-established, then what I'll do is we'll go up to um, a little bit higher intensity – We'll bump it up to high two zone. Now ride high two zone, same way for a given period of time, and we'll see what happens as far as decoupling and and uh, efficiency factor uh, over the course of a few weeks again. And really, really, all it comes down to is just like anything else in training is just repetition. We just need to just continue to stress the body, and the body will adapt by to by becoming stronger, and therefore we'll have less decoupling, and our efficiency factor will improve. It just takes, you know, nose to the grindstone, just week after week after week after week. What, what about in the, in the, obviously you guys are going through a bit of a heat wave in, in North America at the moment, um, and obviously heart rate's going to be influenced by that heat. So, so what do people, what can people do um, 
to, to sort of cope with the heat and do they need to back off their race intensity even further given their heart rate is likely to be a bit higher in the heat and similarly if they, if they go to Kona where you know, heart rate is likely to be a little bit higher because of the heat. Yeah, I'll give you a great example of that. <clears throat> a few years ago, I, for, for about three years, I coached an Ironman athlete um, who uh, lived in Phoenix, Arizona, which is one of the hottest cities in North America. Mm. Um, the average high temperature there in the summertime is going to be 108 Fahrenheit, which is probably nice. what, high, mid-30s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, C, Celsius. And, uh, uh, and he, but to make matters worse, he, he was a physician and he worked nights in the uh, emergency room. So uh. he would get off work about 8 o'clock in the morning, come home, go to bed, get some sleep time in, and then he'd start his workout around 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which is the hottest part of the day. Uh, so he's always seen extreme heat all summer long. Uh, again, training for Kona for this guy. should have mentioned that. He's training for Kona. And uh, so at the start of the summer, when we started his build period, he began to do these workouts. You know, his, his decoupling is quite high. His efficiency factor is not looking, is not improving for the first few weeks. And then things begin to turn around. It typically takes about three to four to five weeks to adapt to heat and then the body adjusts and uh, things begin to look more normal and by the time he got to Kona at the end of the year every year uh, he was in great shape for the heat Heat was absolutely no problem at all for him uh, his efficiency factor was was high his decoupling was low and uh, he was ready to race so it's just a matter of, it's like anything else he just, he just adapted to the heat you know, this, this decoupling and uh, efficiency factors seem like pretty powerful tools for, you know, all athletes and coaches to be using. But what about the athlete who can't afford a power meter or doesn't have a power meter? Is, is there ways that you can, obviously, it's pretty hard when you can't use both of, both of those indicators, but are there ways that they can kind of figure this out without a power meter? Not precisely, but you can get a, a rough idea. I, think, I, I suspect athletes have always done this. Uh, they didn't have names for it. Um, but essentially, uh, all we have to see in decoupling is uh, if the athlete is riding at a, at a let's say, a, a steady heart rate, assuming they have a heart rate monitor, riding at a steady heart rate for some period of time, what should be happening over the course of that time, uh, if the athlete's in good shape, is it doesn't really feel like it's getting a whole lot harder. There is a little bit of fatigue that sets in, but it's not extreme. But if the athlete is not doing well, in other words, if the decoupling is going to be high, even though they don't know the numbers, what they'll experience is that the uh, the effort is getting very high for that heart rate. It's just taking greater and greater effort to maintain the output to get that particular heart rate. So it's not very precise, but it's really still the same thing. It's just we're kind of measuring what's happening with the body uh, in terms of its uh, sensing effort and fatigue. Mm. So for, for athletes, when they're looking on, on trainingpeaks.com at their um – you know their, their files you can you can see the efficiency factor number in there and you can see also the the power to heart rate number in there which is is your decoupling um is are there other tools in there that can help you track things rather than looking at each individual workout um are there charts and so on that athletes should be looking at to help them track these things well um there are several charts there they really don't they, that really don't track those fact those issues those those uh those particular parameters 
that's something we have to look at every time and kind of keep track of. Uh, what I do with the athletes I coach is I, I keep track of decoupling and, and efficiency factor for every workout they do that's of a certain type mm-hmm. and, uh, and just come see what's happening over, uh, over the long term. Right now, we don't have anything on Churning Peaks that uh, does that. Um, there are, quite honestly, there's, there's so much material, so much data on Churning Peaks uh, mm. and, and WKO the athlete could be using to improve. It's just it's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. One of the other gigantic ones for, uh, for uh, Ironman distance especially is Variability Index, or VI. Mm-hmm. And that, this, again, requires a power meter, and it's just a comparison of normalized power and average power. And I know when the athletes got more than five percent variance between normalized power and average power, that they're just not—they're not riding steady enough. And if you have to, if you're going to have a good Ironman distance race, you have to have very steady power up. But you can't be surging throughout the race, surging and backing off, surging and backing off. That will waste tremendous amounts of energy. But I see it all the time. I see athletes. I, I go to Kona every year. And I stand about on the bike course about a mile into it. There's a small hill there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see athletes anaerobic already, one mile into a 112-mile bike ride, and they're already anaerobic. And I know what's going to happen. They're going to keep doing that for the first probably hour. By the time somebody tries to pass them, they're going to surge to keep that people person from going around them. Uh, they're going to go way too hard on uphills. Um basically just going to waste tremendous amounts of energy and the last two maybe three hours is just going to be a death march mm-hmm. and just because of variability index so and there's just so much data there it's you know we could spend an entire day just talking about all the stuff that an athlete could use to analyze their readiness to race and preparation <clears throat> tremendous tool tremendous tool and, and it's probably beyond where most athletes are right now it's the sort of thing that coaches have a hard time keeping up with Tell me about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome, Joe. Um, any predictions for, for the Olympics? Who's, who, who are you picking for the Olympics? Oh, here we go. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather not pick right now. They'll get me in trouble with somebody, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I was there in 2000 in Sydney for the very first triathlon in the Olympics, and uh, what an experience that was. And so I, I wish I could go back this year, but I'm not going to make it. But uh, I'll certainly be watching on television. It, it'll be a tremendous experience. Uh, uh, we'll just have to hold our breath and see what happens. Awesome. Very, very political of you. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Joe. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, we know that, you know, there's, as you said, there's lots of things going on, training peaks. And um, I think you've highlighted a couple of the really key ones is a, is, is a variability index, index as well as mm-hmm. decoupling to see where your, your aerobic fitness is at. So um, thank you very much for your time. We'll, we'll look forward to getting you back on the show sometime soon. Happy to do it, guys. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Have a great day. Awesome interview. Love the stuff. Area of interest that I've got, or an area that I've got interest in, and um, some good, again, a few little good take homes, a few well, little things. Well, it just made sense, didn't it? You know what I mean? Like, you know, like we have these tools, and, and a lot of people kind of have the tools, and some people get really hardcore into it, and some people don't. But, you know, that, that kind of, those two things you were talking about there, you kind of it kind of makes sense, and you know it's a way that you can control yourself when you're out riding. And you can kind of measure your fitness. There's um there's a there's a massive amount you can do with power, as you said. And um, Mary, who was a feature on the show last week, yep. um, got a power meter, and she was asking me about that. And I was like, oh man, it's it's a, it's a big topic. But if you, I think if you take a few things out of it for for triathlon, it's not quite as complicated as cycling when you've got you know lots of different peak powers yeah. and what have you. Um, but variability index is is an absolute 
crunch it. You know, it's absolute. So it's your normalised power and your average power. Yeah, basically it means if, how much surging you're having within the yeah. ride and keeping that, that number under control and then obviously figuring out your, your zones is going to be and the other And for those who, with, with the, the index, what is your number people want to sit in? Well, you want to, you know, if one is, is, ideal. Is, is flat time trial, even if, if it, all the way through. Some people start getting up to 1.15 and that's a pretty variable ride. If, you, if you're above 1.15, that's a really var- variable ride. But the, the crux of it is, is you want to be avoiding those peaks as much as you can. If you're doing a hilly race, of course your variability index is going yeah. to be up and down. If you're doing a flat Florida type race, it should be really quite low. Um, yep. So consistency is key, isn't it? Yeah. Avoid so the surging. Avoid the surging. Avoid the fast start. So obviously, if you if you want to get used to these tools, uh, Training Peaks is really the place to go to do that. You go to trainingpeaks.com, and uh, remember when you sign up, you get the I am Talk discount, which is what John. I am Talk, and make sure whenever you, you go and check it out, go through IamTalk.me, click on our link for Training Peaks there, then they know that you've gone through from there. What's happening on the tour, John? What's happening with the tour? It's going to be it's becoming a bit of a yawn, really, because um, well, Bradley Scott, Wiggins, isn't he? yeah, and he's done a very much an Indurain, um, Miguel Indurain type performance. He's, what does that mean? He used, Miguel Indurain was a fantastic time trialer, and he was a very good mountain climber, but yep. not the kind of guy that would generally break away and, and win stages. And um, so, fully respect Bradley Wiggins' awesome performance, um, um, but it's very much a time trialer's win. But at the same time, Cadell Evans was a little bit disappointing so far. There's still a few big stages to come. Is there any hope? Um, not. Really really uh, he'll have to go amazingly and Wiggins will have to have two explosions he'll have to explode once in the in the mountains and lose several minutes there and then he'll have to have a poor time trial as well because another is a 55k time trial second to last day so very so, unlikely so is it kind of do you lose interest yeah a little bit yep yeah. yep yeah, because um yeah, we needed... Whereas last year it was kind of to the last minute, wasn't it? Yeah, and Cadell Evans last year, he, in, in all the stages, he was always just nipping away, just get a little bit here and a little yeah. bit there and a little bit there. And every time he's tried this, that this time, on even the, the, the smaller hills for you know, sprint finish, he just hasn't got away. So he's just not... doesn't seem to be quite have his A game there, but still, you might see a few surprises, you never know. But it's going to take a pretty big explosion by um, Wiggins. Okay, questions, questions and answers. answers. Okay, so we're just going to do a couple of these because uh, time is is pushing on. I don't know. How, put this one into your your little Mac thing there again. Okay, wait a second. What do you, what do you mean? First first name. Oh wait wait okay. Um, so people try to give L U G N. How would you pronounce oh, that? Oh, I've gone whole name, but here we go. Okay. Lung Samlers. Lung Samlers. Lung. 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 Okay. Um, in your interview with Scott Tinley, this is a Scott Tinley show. Um, for your Legends of Triathlon, he stated that some sports you don't even hit your peak till you're 40 or 45. What are some of those sports? I came up with Tiddlywinks, um, <laughs> Twister. Well, Mark Todd. Um, Mark Todd, the, the horse equestrian. Riding? Come on. John, that's a sport. It's a sport. Come on. Do you win the Motor, you motor the racing? Motor racing? Would you hit your peak? Yeah. Or is it more you can sustain what you are? I don't know. Anyway, I think, um, I don't know, I'm not going to put, so my, my thoughts on this is you don't really peak in your 40s, 45, but you you can still be getting faster. Oh, but I wonder if in 15, 20, 30 years from now, if in Ironman you'll be hitting your peak at 43, 42. You know, if we look at right now, how old's Crowey? Just turning 40. Okay, so he's just turning 40. Well, last year he had the best race of his life. And yes. he was, so he's 39. Mm-hmm. So... You know, and as more science and more understanding of how the body works and more understanding of how to look after the body kind of evolves, 
or we find that actually it will be early 40s will be where you hit your peak. No, I don't. Well, I don't think so. I well, but five so. years ago, you wouldn't have said you know, we'll be winning, you know, the world record would have been beaten at 39. Yeah, I just, I just can't see it happening. I think. Well, you're, you're not really backing me up here. No, I'm not. I'm not just going to butter you a little. Uh, you little no, no, I can't, can't see it happening. But I think tiddlywinks, I really do think you can peak in your 40s. But I think for. <laughs> for, for no, I disagree. <laughs> it's a young man's game. It's a young man's um, But for you age groupers who are listening to this, I still think you can be seeing massive improvements in your 40s if your athletic age is still fairly young. So if you take up triathlon from not really doing any sports and you take it up in your mid to late 30s, then you can be still getting pro- progressively faster through your 40s. Is that Lance picture? I'll have to have a look at that. Oh, I see. So, <laughs> so white is clean? or is Yeah, and obviously the last year no one was busted. But if you look at all the years Lance won, it's a pretty great picture that one. Jeepers, what was that year? The Contador, oh, no, Con- oh, yeah, that was the Contador one. Yeah. So, yeah. so by going by that, crikey, the year before, yeah. the Lance Armstrong one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's it's, it's good. It's, it's a pretty good. revealing picture, isn't it? It is. Yeah, so I'll put the link to that on the and talk from cycling tips. But to answer um, Lung's question, I think uh, if you're still new in the sport, you've still got a long way to go. You've been doing it for 20 years. Let's say for, for me, peaking in my 40s could be a bit of a struggle. Well, you probably could. You could probably do a PB in your 40s. Ironman PB? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You probably could. Just that. Quite possible. A couple of little things. Um, got um, Gary, good old Gary, who I stayed with when I was in Brisbane with porno. Yes. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a bit of a friendly plug here, pro, pro bikefit.co.au. He does bike fitting in Brisbane. There you brief. go. And Gary's like hardcore kind of, you know when you could totally geek out? Yeah. He's like geek out times 10. Nice. He knows guy. his stuff and apparently he's doing a great job over there. So if you're in, in um, Brisbane and you want to get a bike fit, go to probikefit.co.au. Also... Open water swimming, John. You want to talk about that one? No, Paul Fitzgerald, I'm coming to your question next week. Okay. Do that next week. Well, um, another I Am Talk listener out there in his tri suit was uh, Paul Hillings. He went and did uh, Ironman Austria in his Ironman. That's on the website this week. Got to put that picture on. I sent it through to you. I've got it. Got it. So, Paul yep. Hillings, you're on the homepage of, uh, of yes. I Am Talk. That's a great photo too. photo, too, isn't it? It is. Going, going through the finish line at Ironman uh, Austria. He wanted to point out with Austria, though, as well, as uh, we talked about the blistering heat, you know, how yep. hot it was last week. He said that quite a few people were the reason for their DNFs was you came off the bike and the tarmac was so hot where you came off the bike and ran through transition that lots of people burnt their feet really badly and blistered them so they couldn't really basically do the run. They said uh, bare feet off the bike in T2 caused instant and massive blisters and burns across the soles of your feet. So the next 42.2k were not pretty. Bloody agony. Well, do you know what was really funny, John? Someone sent me an email, I'm not happy with that fact. I was laughing about the the old tent where the IVs were. Yeah. And they said, I was one of those people, and I didn't really appreciate you <laughs> laughing that much. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a happy place. So, got an email through from Boom Boom. Who's Boom Boom? Um, Breland? Breland Bass. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. No, let's drop the bass. Oh, okay. Terrain. Okay. But they haven't even got the names down there, just going boom, boom. Right. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Let me say, well, well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, he was just saying when Ray Luke got done, so what happened was, you know, got, got done for... Ray Luke? Yeah, remember we got a penalty? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, penalty. so this is stupid. So I was watching Iron Man, frankly, for, um, it was basically live in German television from 10.30 mm. to... Um, at five o'clock so I was on during the middle of the day which is great apparently the athletes had to take uh, the transition one bag to their bikes Ray Lute had forgot that he was penalised with a 10 second stop and go 
oh, that's 10 seconds stopping go. It's kind of pointless, but still, it's, but a, thing it's a small is, infraction. But. It was in the transition tent, not in the penalty box. So he basically changed into his running shoes while being interviewed for him by the telephone guy. <laughs> <laughs> Held it for 10 seconds and then he was off for the run. It's a bit of a waste of time, really, isn't it? See, but in um, Olympic distance triathlon, oh, may, yeah. may, maybe, they were, they, maybe they, they were bound by the... the Oh, the, d- rules the, of the, the German rules and in Olympic distance if you get a 10-15 second penalty in a world championship series race that is a reasonable penalty oh yeah yeah because that's yeah, two totally or three places in that game but in, yeah, yeah. I mean 10 seconds in transition yeah kind of pointless <laughs> rules are rules though and the Germans are John, nation, the rules are the rules yeah um Ems Power Cookies? We'll, we'll play that next week. Okay. I'm going to allow a bit of time. But if you want to get some Power Cookies, go to powercookies.com. She's obviously got a little video camera because she's taking lots of films of herself. Yep, no, she's she's Em the, the poet and the philosopher in this uh, little clip. We'll play oh. that next week. But go check out powercookies.com. Coffees of Why. Do you know Bevan? Uh, Coffees of Why. Em, not- I just have to say, on her Facebook page, she's pushing her boobs forward. Yeah. Sharpen up Em. Yeah. You know, you're selling cookies here. See <laughs> wow. babe? Uh, I don't know. I don't know where the oh shivers, creepers. Probably in that jacket pocket there, babe. What's the car keys, John? Lots. And we've got this. We've got this uh, Audi car. Bevan, I mean, Joe, just come around here and just clip him around the ears and say, "Pick up your game, Bevan." No, because Joe wouldn't like this because Joe, there's the place for keys, isn't there, babe? You see? <laughs> Are they in there? Oh no! I have to pause the show in a second, guys. But we've got this Audi. Guess what? Bevan's not getting tonight. <laughs> <laughs> There's this ad, we've got an Audi, which is a cool little car. But the stupid thing is we've only got one key. Guess how much it costs to replace the key? 250 bucks. No, like 500. Yeah. Don't so go losing those keys. How stupid is that? Yeah. So we're going to take it when we go to Europe. And hopefully mm. we get cheaper when we're over there. Right. Yeah. In Coffees of Hawaii, they're 100% committed to offering the finest Hawaiian premium coffees, 100% Molokai coffee, 100% Kona coffee, 100% Maui coffee. We're also 100% committed to supporting the revitalization of both culture and ecology in our home, the Hawaiian Islands. That's why we donate 1% of our revenues to this cause. More than that, we actively support the people of our home base island, Molokai, which many consider to be the most traditional Hawaiian of all the islands. We must be pono, that is, doing the right thing. So that's cool. We love Coffees of Waikas, all the cool coffee that they do. They support, obviously, us. They support um, other events, uh, and they provide a cool service when you're over in Kona, but also they're looking after the locals rather than just uh, taking and not giving back. Taking so we like it. So yeah. support Coffees of Waikas. They're a cool company, and they've got some cool stuff. Well, I've got a coffee fact, John. Good. Hit me with it. Hit me with your rhythm stick. Mm-hmm. Um, who's seen it through? Um, Steve Barrow. Barrett sent it, sent it through and it's uh, coffee caffeine is obviously a major component in coffee but it's not the only uh, one by a long shot that has a biological effect if we focus on just the caffeine part of coffee as a central nervous system stimulant there are some interesting benefits that come to the mind like the increased muscle power what are you doing you're not listening to me I, I am I'm just arranging our little interview we're about to do oh okay 90% of adults in the US have caffeine daily in one form of vanilla, and another, sorry. This is a number one performance enhancing drug and nootropic in the world, and it has been for a couple hundred years. This is likely enlightenment would, wouldn't have happened without coffee houses. A new study finds that basically caffeine helps us with our older muscles, John. Our older muscles, really? Yeah, so it helps us live longer, basically. Okay. It helps us be- age better because caffeine basically helps us. Be beautiful if our muscles are cut by reading the whole thing, so I'm just wrapping it up. Wrapping it up. So, yeah. the moral of the story, take yeah. home if point. If you're getting old, which, John, we all are. We all are. We all are. We're all getting older. We're not getting any younger. No, no. Uh, get some caffeine and coffees yeah. of Hawaii is the place to go. There you go. Yep. John, 
Yep. No, I'm not going to say it. Okay. Bevan, how's your week? Look, it's looking pretty good out there today. Start the, the, we're getting some proper winter. Feel like the mountains. Do you get that it? little belch that I just did come through there? Do you burp? Yeah, just accidentally. No, I don't do um, We're getting some nice winter weather now. Nice sunny. It was 22 degrees on Sunday or whatever. Oh, the weekend was probably the best weekend we've ever had. John, where were you? Except in Hamner. On Sunday, <laughs> when we drove back from Hamner, we got back about lunchtime because we left early because it was pretty crappy. Uh, it was nice. Oh, Great. that was a brilliant weekend here. Yeah. It was, yeah, seriously. Um, John, yes. is that what we're going to talk, talk about weather? Yeah, yeah. That's what we do. That's why we watch one news so we can get three weather reports in one hour. We've got a news channel which shows weather three <laughs> times. It's ridiculous. John! Hit me with it. I bought my tickets to Batman. <coughs> I'm pretty excited for you. Yeah, got them in early. Yep. Got best seats in the house. Michael Keaton and Diane, yep. whatever, starring in that one. <laughs> I'm sure who, who was. I know Michelle Pfeiffer was in yeah, the first one. Yeah, no, she was in the second one. Was she? Catwoman and the Penguin and Danny DeVito. Who was in the first one? Jack Nicholas. And who was the woman? I don't think they were. Oh. It wasn't, you're right. It wasn't Michelle Pfeiffer. Maybe it was Kim Basinger. No, no, it was not. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. So you love that one? Yeah, well done. Because that's, um, that's the first time you've ever actually been pretty confident. On, I'm going oh, to pull it up on IMDb. No, I'm, I'm absolutely 100% confident that's Batman right. 1989. Here we go. Here we go. Kim Basinger, John, you were right. Well, I was you right. You were right. Don't give me any love. You no, were right. But Well, I'll give you some love, but you even backed me up, and you never backed me up with movie facts. Yeah, well. So did you love that one, did you? I did. Oh, have you seen the one, the latest one with the Joker? Oh, John Newsom. Just throws that pen down again. You, you, I think I did that last week when I was you disappointed. You've you got to see it. It's so good. Okay. And the new one's out this, it's this Thursday. And, and the thing is, I don't want to be the, hear everyone talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to have the, the you pure. You want to be the early adopter. That's right. Get in there. Get in there now to early. Mm-hmm. And then I can ruin it for everybody else. Mm-hmm. So next week on the show, I'm doing a spoilers for Batman. Well, I'm sure it's already out in the US. So people, <laughs> no, no. This is the world. Thursday to the world. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the way it should be. It kind of is nowadays for most movies. Is it? It used to be a bit different nowadays. Mm. Had all the family around for dinner last night. Right. The, the, the you, family in law. Well, nothing. There you go. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I poured a couple of drinks. Good. I made a cup of tea. You yeah. know your strengths. Joe, Joe's like my 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 missus is the best, and she's like her family are really like like the, her family of a real like traditional values. You know, mm-hmm. like as in. You know, be really amazing hosts. You know, yes. look after people. Yes. And Joey just like thrives at it. And like seriously, we had it was her family around for dinner, and, and there was a lot of people from overseas. It was it was a lovely night, and a lovely family. And but Joe would have spent no 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 lies, hours preparing it. Okay, good. And just what did she serve up? A beautiful macaroni cheese, a mm. salad that that was good. And then she made this thing with eggplant, and I thought it was um. Mushrooms, because oh. I don't like mushrooms, so I didn't yeah. eat it. And then after she goes with the eggplant, I was like, oh. And but then she did have mushrooms as well with these she's, these peas that she had. I don't know because she, she knows so I don't like mushrooms and peas, right. and she made mushroom pea thing. And it was good part because she's giving know. me ideas. <laughs> we got mushroom risotto with peas in it when we go to Kona. And uh, oh, bad news in my life, John. Yes. You know how much I love you guys. Yeah. Are you talking to me or the listeners? Both. Both. Yeah. Kona. Yeah. Commitment. I've committed to it. <laughs> Glad you have on that Good one I booked my flights About four months ago Well The thing was I got a phone call From Les Mills International My, yep. my passionate career That I have Yes And I've been doing Body attack films With the videos that I do Which are You know I'm pretty Pretty big in my world mm-hmm. You know Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. bigger Than Michael Jackson Yeah yeah. Probably not But yeah. still I like to think it And uh, Body attack 80 Which means The 20 year anniversary mm-hmm. Of 
Body Attack. Yeah. And I've been requested to be on the DVD, which is a bit of an honour. Yeah. Guess when it is, John? It's we're in Kona. And do you know what I said to them? Come to come to in Kona. And they're going to. So now we're... <laughs> <laughs> no, they cancelled it. I, I had to cancel. Oh, I'm not dear. doing it, John, because I'm, I'm committed to Iron Talk. So... It's tough at the top. Yeah, they need it, just donate to give me some... some <laughs> Come back <laughs> Make some good money On those films <laughs> um, So yeah It's good go. to see your commitment Any other guys from you? No But my text message Just come through We're going to go Do a little interview Okay Well um, My kids have got My only news My kids have got chicken pox So I'm stuffed John's not happy Because Belinda's working John has to look after the kids When they're sick And he can't hock them off To anybody No It's good parenting John you made the commitment. Oh, yeah, I know. You made it. Swallow exactly. the pill, I'm mate. committed to it. I'm committed to it now. What does it like, take a teaspoon of concrete and harden up? There you go. There we go. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.